It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Number two in the polls, Tennessee, Georgia week. A Heisman Trophy winner, possibly? We'll get to that. It's time for Off the Hook Sports on a Monday morning with Amanda LaFrod. I'm Dave Hooker. Let the dogs out, you know, like, who let the dogs out, who, who. Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Good morning to you and yours. It is almost November, but it is Halloween as Amanda LaFrada is dressed up. We'll get right to that. Like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. And Tennessee is number two in the nation, tied with Ohio State, but more first place votes. We'll get to that. And it's Georgia week. Talk about me possibly jumping in Norris Lake in November. We'll talk about that. First, Amanda LaFrada, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am uh, much better than any Michigan State player, even though I'm dressed like one. Yeah, what about that dealio? So Amanda has her costume on. She is dressed up as a Michigan State uh, football player. And why for those that were just zoned in on Tennessee or zoned in on the SEC? I saw it, but explain explain it to me. So I'm actually dressed in real uh, a real prison uniform or real jail. Where did you uniform. get it? Have you been in jail before? No, I don't think they let you keep the uniform if you have. <laughs> I think think of that scene from the Blues Brothers when he walks out in the same clothes he always had. Um, Okay, so what do you um, 
where did you get a prison, a real prison uniform? Um, my husband got it and I don't know where he got it, but he got it. And, um, but I'm dressed like this it's all in orange. Cause I'm a Michigan state player. Um, after they beat up that one Michigan player in the, in the like hallway, I don't really know how to say tunnel in the tunnel. Yes. After the game, because they got beat so bad by Michigan, they just came back and just beat up one random Michigan player. Yeah, there have been weird things that have happened in weird. locker rooms, from Texas A&M openly smoking pot to their players beating up the uh, Jimbo Fisher's son just because it seemed like a cool thing to do at the time. It's it's kind of neat that these sorts of things seem to happen at Tennessee, but now everything's just copacetic and everything's fine in Knoxville. And couldn't be going better. Brittany says that was terrible. And people are defending them for that. Saying he was asking for it. It makes me sick. I, I, I How can you defend jumping a kid? I, I don't know who's trying to defend him. But they there's no really defense for that. Is there? No, that's why I'm dressed up in all orange. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm dressed up in like a prison uniform. Because they should go to jail for that. Okay, so remind me of our bet, which I've tried to put out of my mind, but you haven't let me, which is very smart. Um, I was nowhere down on Tennessee. I think you would agree with that. I thought Tennessee would win easily nine games and quite possibly ten. Please be sure and hit that like, subscribe, and share button. We want to see how many likes we can get up there. We've got stuff to give away in the program, so like, subscribe, and share. But, Amanda, we... um. We made a, a bet, and I thought Tennessee would play well this season. I thought uh, the eight and a half or seven and a half at one point preseason, that was their over-under win total. I thought that was one of the best bets in all of college football. I thought they definitely win nine. Now it looks like nine is a foregone conclusion, but we made a bet. I still didn't think they could go to Athens and beat the Bulldogs. So what what is our bet again? Because it commences Saturday at a Norris Lake near you. So our bet was if they go into Athens and they beat Georgia, then you had to jump into the lake in the middle of November. Early November. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it sound worse than it is. Uh, and But you're doing the same thing, right? No. Oh, if, no, no, no. If Georgia wins, you've got to jump in the lake. Oh, yes, if Georgia wins. But I, I don't know if you saw Georgia-Florida. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no. What are some, Before we get to some news specifically about Tennessee, let's talk about some of the games that affected Tennessee. You can start with the Georgia game, or you can go with Penn State, because I think that affected Tennessee, the Penn State-Ohio State game. Because C.J. Stroud, you texted me in the middle of it, and then it uh, other books moved as well. Hendon Hooker is now your Heisman favorite. Yes. Not a contender, not possibly going to New York. He's going to go to New York barring an injury or suspension, which we don't think is going to happen. But at the, the bottom line is a lot of people think he's going to beat C.J. Stroud, even if things play out. As they should. Now, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I think that they'll do everything they can to give it to Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, which is a shame for me. I, I hear everything and everybody and all those sorts of uh, terms that are thrown out, you know, and I know a bunch of Heisman voters, and I am one, and 
I, I don't know why you would try to give it to any particular person or have an agenda, but another voter said he does think that's out there. I don't know. But to me, the, the better story is by far Hendon Hooker, and I think there's a great chance that he wins the Heisman. I mean, I don't think – and maybe people do try to give it to certain people, but – I look at um, RG3 that won it. I look at Lamar Jackson. They were all kind of off the radar to start the season, and then they ended up coming back and winning the Heisman Trophy. They weren't on the best team. They weren't um, with the best players. They just made their, their team a completely different team. And I think that's why they won it. They're, they were exciting to watch and Hendon is exciting to watch. I think he has all of the makings of a Heisman quarterback. I think a lot of people vote for him maybe because they're tired of seeing people like CJ Stroud in there, Ohio state quarterback, or, you know, an Alabama uh, running back. I mean, people are probably tired of seeing that. And for the most part, I think people go for the most exciting player, and that's really what we see. So, Yeah, as far as most exciting, when I watch those two teams, Ohio State and Tennessee, I don't think there's any question Hooker's more exciting than Stroud. And part of that's because the offensive play design. Part of that's you can go on and on and on. But So we've got a lot to get to. Chris Landry will join us. Also, message board bingo. Today's tough question as well. But let's get to the down and dirty at 30. The Down and Dirty at 30 is brought to you each and every weekday just after 8.30 by Honey Bee Coffee. And Honey Bee Coffee, top 5% of the beans in the world. But the bottom line is Honey Bee Coffee is just really, really good coffee. It is. It's really good coffee. And I have it with me right here. Always. Always drink it. It, it starts the day off right. And that's all you can really ask for out of your coffee. Amen. Go to honeybeecoffee.com. That's honeybeecoffee.com. So let's get to the down and dirty at 30. Is a lot to get to on this Monday morning. And uh, wow, Tennessee now is number two. I can remember being just a kid and watching Tennessee climb up the rankings. Now, this is before division split. So this is way before your time, Amanda. But I remember watching Tennessee climb the SEC rankings and think, wow, they're at number three or, you know, that maybe they're at number four and, and getting excited about that as a kid. Now you're talking about number two in the nation, the college football playoff set to come out on Tuesday. Amanda, this Tennessee football team is uh, poised to do things that haven't been done in a long, long, long time since like 19... 19- 98 win a national championship. I, I believe I can say at this point definitive, definitively they are the best team that Tennessee's had since 2001. That team was just bad coaching away from playing in the national championship game. They blew it in the SEC championship game against Nick Saban and LSU. So, Amanda, this, this team just continues to climb, and I don't know that there's an elite team this year. And if it is, it might be Tennessee. So certainly the table is set as of October the 31st, 2022. Yeah. I don't know if there's really an elite team. I think that it's not what a lot of Tennessee fans want to hear, but I think that this team has the best coach. They have something new, something different that people can't figure out 
on defense. They they don't they can't adapt to it. Um, they also have a pretty good defense. I don't I don't think we're seeing that you know what they did to Will Levis. I don't think that is just coincidental. I, I think they have a pretty good defense, and I know a lot of people have been on them about their secondary or what have you, but it didn't look bad on Saturday. No, no I, it looked dominant. And the, the, there are now two times that Tennessee has looked dominant on defense, and that's LSU and over the weekend against Kentucky. And those are against pretty good teams. Um, now, Jaden Daniels wasn't great at the time, and they're still finding themselves, but those receivers are fantastic at LSU. We've seen LSU surge. Kentucky has a potential first-round pick in the NFL. And then the other time that I wouldn't say they were dominant, but they saved their rears, was the pit game. Um, late in that game, if Tennessee's defense doesn't show up, they don't win that game. So are we past the point? Please like, subscribe, and share. Pound that like button. We greatly appreciate it. Are we past the point, Amanda, that we say Tennessee's defense, in particular the secondary, is a weakness? Are we beyond that, or do you still have some doubts? I don't see how we're not beyond that. I mean, I understand that <clears throat> that Alabama game, Alabama put up a lot of points, but that was a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, that was that was someone who was complete competing for the national title last season. So I I think that's an unfair kind of an unfair critique of Tennessee's secondary, considering that who they played against but every time else they've showed up let me ask you this okay so let's take seven off the board because they um they they wouldn't have that was a defensive touchdown that they had if it's not bryce young and it's just pick an alabama quarterback from the past before they got really good with hurts and uh Tua and all those guys pick an average quarterback uh, go back aj mccarron yeah, second AJ. Yeah, okay. How many John points Hunter. does how many points do they score with that type of quarterback on that night? That's going to be. I mean, that's going to be tough to say, just because if you're going with the the receiver depletion that Alabama is currently going through, that's I a, mean, that's the most loaded question I could have possibly asked you. Yeah, it is because I you have to go. I mean, you have to consider every angle. But if you had like a, a mediocre quarterback with those receivers, Alabama scores like maybe 21. That's about what I was going to say. Mr. Zip saying there's a reason why they didn't make Tennessee number one. If they lose, it'll be the number one team in the country. And with their resume, they'll play in the college football playoff. That's if they lose to UGA and win out. And on our YouTube channel, we I had an opportunity to visit with Cooper Mays yesterday. Jacob Warren is on there too. So please check that out. Like, subscribe, and share. And I asked Cooper Mays, I said, so, I mean, because to me, Amanda, this is getting pretty heavy, right? I mean, every, with every win, there's more at stake. And I said, so right before we started, Cooper, I saw where the winner of the Tennessee-Georgia game has a 78% chance of making the college football playoff. And I hate those odds and that FPI or whatever it is and everything. I said, but I just thought I'd throw that out, out there at you. What do you think? And he goes, that sounds about right. That was it. <laughs> it's like we were just supposed to get up and go fishing at, at that point. He was not surprised at all. But really, if you look at the inside track, the winner has the ability to do that. Because the way they've got things set up, let's say Alabama 
well, let's say Tennessee or Georgia run the regular season table, whatever we're calling that now before the SEC championship game. Amanda, if Alabama wins, Tennessee still or Georgia will probably still make the college football playoff if that's their only loss, right? I would say so. I mean, who else are you going to put in there? I think this week, uh, I think Clemson's going to be handed their first loss by Notre Dame. Mm. And I just don't, I mean, we saw what they did to Syracuse. And unfortunately for my, you know, for my betting, that was not great. But I mean, I, I, I don't see who else you put in there. You have either Ohio State or Michigan. One of those is going to go. But I only think it's going to be one, especially the way that Ohio State is playing. And I understand that they beat Penn State. But Georgia, Florida, Penn State, Ohio State were very similar games. Extraordinarily similar games if you watched them. I mean, it was it was neck and neck. Penn State was coming back. I mean, it was – and then a couple of mistakes went and boom, boom, boom. Points were scored. Same with Florida, Georgia. So Michigan and Ohio State, one of those is going to get knocked out. Clemson gets knocked out. Then who's going to put in there? Oregon? No. You're going to put Oregon in there. USC's lost. Oregon got stomped by Georgia. Nobody wants to see another 59 to 0 or 59 to 3 or whatever it ended up being. No one wants to see that again. So who you put in there now? You have to put at least two SEC teams in there. At least. Yeah, and I'm told that there's no way they'll get three, but that uh, two is looking very likely at this point. So hit that like, subscribe, and share button. We're with you each and every morning at 8.30, and uh, love to do that. Brittany say Brittany saying, let's go Irish with a sick emoji, emoji. It is tough to root for Notre Dame. They kind of had that elitist feel. Like, I have a lot of trouble rooting for Duke. And, well, I don't root for Duke, but that's just one of those teams it's really difficult to to root for unless you're Catholic or unless you went to that school. Now, if you went to Duke, root for them, okay? Cameron's awesome. That's on my bucket list of sporting events to go to, to see a game in Cameron. But if you just randomly pick Duke, come on. I mean, most of the people that went to Duke wouldn't even look give you a second look unless you had a Duke degree in your hand. Well, it's true, but I think a lot of people grew up when Duke was really, really good, and so they they follow it, and I understand the excitement about that. I did not grow up when, um, you know, the team that I root for was good. I grew up when they were really bad, so trying to uh, root for, for somebody that's good, I hate bandwagon fans. I, ju- I just, I can't stand them. I can't stand them, and, and I feel for a lot of the diehard Tennessee fans right now, because you have a lot of bandwagon jumpers on. I've never seen more orange in my entire life than I've seen these past few weeks. And it's not from the beginning of the season to now it is, it is literally in like the last, like after Tennessee beat Alabama, people are like, okay, I guess I can show that I'm a Tennessee fan. And I'm like, that is so sad. Well, let me ask you this. So is it, people that were Tennessee fans and just didn't get the garb out because they were so horrible for so long? Or is it people that weren't Tennessee fans that just happened to move from Colorado to Knoxville and like, oh, let's jump on board the train? Do you have a problem with either of those fans or both of those fans? I have a problem with both. I have a problem with both. 
I don't have a problem with with the fans that now if you if you completely said I'm not going to be a Tennessee fan during Jeremy Pruitt, okay, and then you're back, I've got a problem with that. But if you're a fan that you, you move from Colorado, and I bumped into this lady at the gym, and she talked about how she'd moved from Colorado, and I said, "Why'd you move from Colorado to East Tennessee?" And she said, "Well, you know, it's that thing." And I said, "What?" She goes, well, you walk around every corner and you know. And I'm like thinking, what? What is it? And she goes, you smell pot everywhere. And so she that's partially why she moved. What? People, I know that was the answer she gave me. Like, it was just a terrible that's stupid. <laughs> I, I thought she was going to say homelessness or something. Oh, yeah, and that's no, where or, I was like, or oh, murder, yeah. Or murder from like Chicago or something. Uh, the economy from California, but there are a lot of people that have moved from other areas, mostly because of the economy in California. I mean, I know people that do commercial real estate and they're like, everybody just calls says, I got to get out of California because of the taxes and Go everything. Back. And so, but those people that move here and they accept Tennessee, I got zero issue with. I actually think that's kind of cool. I mean, that's, that's one thing. And I understand that. But if you are, if you have been here your entire life and last year you were wearing a Georgia hat. Oh, no, no, no. Go away. Go away. And if you have been here and you're like, I'm not, I'm not even going to root for Tennessee anymore. I don't even care because they're so bad. And then they start winning and you decide, okay, well now I'm going to root for them again. I'm going to pull out my Tennessee stuff. No, you don't get to do that. That's not okay. You don't get to do that. You be a fan in the bad times. You go through it like everybody else goes through it. You wear your stuff even when you're bad. You rep your team and you catch all the crap. You do. I've done it. I've caught all the crap. You catch it and you deal with it and you move on. If you can't do that, you don't deserve to celebrate. People give me a hard time because when I mention my fandom of professional sports, Oh boy, we got a yellow jacket in the studio. That's fantastic. Uh, people like a Georgia Tech fan or like an actual yellow jacket? No, right on, right on the board. Oh, I thought you were talking about Georgia Tech fan. I was like, why? No, right on my Mackie audio board, we have a yellow jacket. Okay, so if Dave freaks out, then that's why. Like, subscribe, <laughs> subscribe, subscribe it. Like, subscribe, and scare away the yellow jacket. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. You can't just put it away. You especially can't be a Georgia fan for a while or an Alabama fan for a while. Now people get on me because my three favorite teams in the pros are the Celtics, the Cowboys and the Yankees. And, but the thing is, I know those are the most traditional, but only one was good when I picked them. So I picked the Yankees because my dad loved the Yankees. I picked the Cowboys because you basically had four teams growing up in Knoxville that were on TV. And then I picked the Celtics because I, I, I can just be uh, hard to get along with. And my best friend liked the Lakers. Now the Celtics in the eighties, when I picked them were good, but the other two were horrible at the time. So, but it, it is Tennessee, Georgia. If anybody wore a Georgia hat previously, and now they're wearing a Tennessee hat, I, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. All right. Some, uh, some more news that I want to get to. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button before we get to uh, today's tough question. As when you look at the win and how Tennessee was able to defeat Kentucky, I think it won a lot of people over from a national 
uh, perspective. And if you look at some of the numbers, they're absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Kentucky came ranked uh, second in the SEC in 40-plus yard pass plays. They had zero on Saturday and were limited to 98 yards. That's a defense winning a game, not an offense, which is just something that I never thought we would say, especially against a potential first-round pick in the NFL. Hendon Hooker has 20 straight games with a TD pass. That's a school record, leads the nation, and has 11 straight games with multiple touchdown passes. Jalen Hyatt just continues to rock and roll, and we'll get into that about how the safeties had the ISO cam on them. Usually, Amanda, when you have the ISO cam on you, it's because you're about to do something fantastic. In this particular case, you had a lot of Kentucky defensive backs, in particular the safeties, have ISO cams on them to show their confusion. That is not where you want to be. That is not a good sign that the television production crew says, hey, I got an idea. Let's put a camera on the safety and see how confused he is. But that's exactly yeah. what they that's not, it's not great. Um, and that, but that does tell you something as, you know, if you're looking at Tennessee and you're, you're studying Tennessee, that tells you that everybody is seeing what's going to happen. Everybody's predicting. I mean, they could probably start that out at the beginning of the game and just go ahead and put those, those cams on those people because they know what's going to happen. So you have this offensive genius you know, at the, at the realm at, at Tennessee. So, I mean, it's just, that's, that's just how it is. I don't, I mean, I don't really know. Zul Everyone's going to be confused. Zulbeer, xulbeer.com is the official craft beer of off the hook sports, great location downtown with parking and great merch and just worldwide award winning craft beer. That is phenomenal. Brittany said, did you all see the Grant Williams press conference dressed as Batman yesterday? As a matter of fact, I did. And I was going to send it to Amanda to play it, but there's a really bad curse word in it. So I didn't. But so he is standing in front of a group of reporters and happy Halloween to you and yours. He, he's standing in front of a group of reporters and he's talking like this. And he says, our defense, the thing about it is we work together. And then all of a sudden you hear Jason Tatum off camera goes, yo, what the bleep are you doing? <laughs> it was so funny. And then everybody hysterically laughed. And it was a bad word that we don't want to say here. But it was funny that Grant Williams, I mean, the season has started. It's not like it's preseason and he's dressed. Up, I mean, full gear. I, I, they didn't go from the, the chest emblem down. But it was pretty full gear, Amanda, to dress up at a press conference during the season. To me, I don't know that that stuck real well with Jason Tatum. No, I mean, it's I understand <laughs> it's Halloween and ha 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 ha. But it's like, where's your head at, man? Like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? We're, we're trying to play. Like, what are you doing? It was it was pretty funny. Speaking of Grant Williams, we will visit with a, another former ball, Ron Slay, on Wednesday. Brought to you by Zach England. Zach England, uh, best in Brock. He's restoring lives, protecting rights, team-oriented representation. He is fantastic with personal injury in the Chattanooga area. So he brings you the sleigh ride. Not the boom-boom room, but the sleigh ride 
with Ron Slay. We still haven't figured out what the boom boom room means. Amanda, have you figured that? I only know like the the general thought of a boom boom room. But I you don't. and I thought it was two different things. You thought it was a innuendo to eh, let's just go ahead and get to today's tough question. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Okay, how about this? And we want some help from the message board. What was your, we can go one of two ways, Amanda, you decide. What was your favorite part of Saturday night as a Tennessee fan, as our fans are on board, like, subscribe, and share? Or we can go in this direction. Are you 100% on board? I got to see the Georgia game. No, I don't think they beat Georgia. Or we'll see. You're better at coming up with selections. Are people 100% on board after the Kentucky game? Did the Kentucky game prove to you that Tennessee is a national championship contender. I can't imagine anybody not being on board yet, but there are always those that are a bit cynical, and usually I'm one of those. I think I told you I was pretty much on board after the uh, Alabama game. I thought this was a team that can play with anybody in the nation. So how do you want to phrase it? What are your thoughts? Did you or did you say that they would still lose to Georgia? I, I will st- I will stick with this. I, I still think they lose a close game to Georgia because it's on the road. And I made that pick, and I'm going to stick with it. But I don't think it it undermines what they're doing, and I don't think that it means they can't win a national championship eventually. It would hurt their chances, certainly. But I, I will stick with Georgia for the sake of adhering to my word because I did pick them. I hope I'm wrong because I want to see um, – uh, I, I hope I'm wrong because I you want, want to see yourself in Tennessee bibs jumping into a, a lake. Oh, I forgot about the bibs part. Um, no, I want to see, I, I, I want to see our fans uh, of the show and Tennessee fans happy because they deserve it. So I would gladly jump in Norris Lake to do that. So you decide how you want to phrase uh, today's tough question. Chris Landry We'll break it down and why Tony Romo said something yesterday that should be very disconcerting to Tennessee football fans. And it had to do with a Josh Heupel. We'll get to that two minutes and we're back off the sports. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. 
City Heat and Air. There's your pair. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Please allow me to introduce myself. Did you happen to watch Saturday Night Live on Saturday, Amanda? No, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Yellow jacket landed on my hand. Total panic. Why don't you just calm down? It won't it won't do anything if you just calm. I'm trying. Not hard enough. He's scared. Apparently. Yes, there is a yellow jacket in the studio. Like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. Chris Landry will join us momentarily. So, where where do we want to go with today's tough question? We want to go MVP, or do we want to go? Are you on board? Because I thought Brittany had a good suggestion suggestion with MVP. It's completely put it out. Okay, what is it? It's Tennessee national championship contender, and it's there's four options. No, don't get crazy. No, nah, it's just a streak. Possibly UGA will tell, and definitely Natty Bound. Okay, so. Uh, I'm going to get, I've got it pulled up, but actually showed up for some reason. Is Tennessee a national championship contender? Cast your vote. No, don't get crazy. Not, it's just a straight, possibly UGA will tell. When you say definitely natty bound, I'm, I'm going to vote for that and think of that in my mind as college football playoff bound. So yeah, like national championship bound. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to go quite so far as to say they're definitely going to win the national championship, but I will go with uh, today's tough question. I will go natty bound, and I mean that by I think that they will play in the college football playoff, and I think they can even do so without beating Georgia on Saturday. In a world where knowledge is power, education is the battery that makes it run at Guardian Investment Advisors. They believe in doing what they can to help their clients meet their retirement goals, but they want to educate you so you have the tools to understand the strategies in their portfolios, and they've got a lot. That's why they take the time to meet face-to-face, to spill over every detail and answer any question that you may have. Again, that's Guardian Investments, and the cool part about Guardian Investments is that nowadays, since COVID, we all have the ability to jump on a zoom as that's what we're doing right now so you can do that go to giaplantoday.com giaplantoday.com 
and get your investments in order and they'll take care of you. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com joins us now. Brought to you in part by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Owl's Nest Barbecue is phenomenal. Right there in Ottawa, the sauce is the rubs. They've got it all. Owl's Nest Barbecue also has the Green Mountain Grill. I highly suggest you get that. Like, subscribe, and share. Let's dive into some football from the scout's perspective, a coach's perspective. Chris, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. Apologize for my tardiness. Um, been that kind of morning. But, yeah, great to be with you. I, I hope all is well. It happens. It, no worries. No worries whatsoever. So, Chris, are you um, are you dressed up as what today? For Halloween. <laughs> yeah. No, I tell you what, I'm amazed at uh, how many people are really into Halloween. I, you know, <laughs> in, in the neighborhood, it's just, you know, everybody, I feel like, you know, I'm, everybody's got, I mean, I'm looking at a 20 foot, I don't know what is that in the neighbor's yard. It is a, I mean, that, I asked them, how many boxes did that thing come in? Unbelievable, the decorations. I, I got zero. I've never been a Halloween person at all. And I know some people, um, I had a, an ex-girlfriend, that was her favorite holiday of the year. I mean, she liked it more than Christmas and Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I, I won't be doing it. It's Monday night football. I'm going to send a few kids on the block some some candies and the lights will be off because I can't be disturbed. So uh, that that's a get off my lawn approach. But no, you know, I take care of the locals, the, the kids I don't know. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I left a bowl of candy one time and then um, <laughs> the squirrels got into it. So I, I don't know that that's a good idea to do that anymore. I don't want kids to be in there and you don't tell them what, what's going on. <laughs> That's fair. Like, subscribe, and share. And if you have questions for Chris Landry, go ahead and jump on board. I want to get to what Tony Romo had to say about Josh Heupel, as it seems like everybody is talking about him. But first, let's start with Tennessee. Your thoughts on how they graded out. I did not see this defense playing as well as they have in a couple of different occasions at spots against Pittsburgh, against LSU and now against Kentucky, this Tennessee defense has exceeded my expectations. How about yours? No question. And, you know, Pittsburgh's like another season ago. I mean, it's it's a it's a long way from that. I think the biggest thing that jumped out at me overall in big picture in this game was maturity. Just how they, they just handle their business. Um, defensively, they're very good. And once you get – once you kind of stifle Kentucky, which there was – Again, potentially a problem there. It, 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 they stifled them early. And, you know, once you get Kentucky playing from behind, and that's that was going to be difficult because they couldn't have the balance that they needed on offense. <clears throat> Look, they just – they've answered every call. And, you know, the the thing about it, I tell this all the time, you know, and, and I've been in situations where when, you, when you're a contender in, in the NFL or college, the, the more you win, the bigger the games become because you become targeted, but also the repercussions if you lose a game are, are more challenging. So uh, this is obviously outside of going to LSU. They've not had a road test this year, really big one. So this is uh, obviously the next step, but I, I thought they did what they needed to do and stay in focus and taking care of a Kentucky team that is probably a little bit better than, than Tennessee made them look. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah. Um, I, so 
who in this game impressed you the most, just individually, as from a coach's perspective, who impressed you the most with their like ability to play? Who did you not see coming, basically? Well, I, I'm going to go back to the offensive line again because it's one of the most improved units, and it is the, you know, and I get it. I, I know that's not the, the thing people talk. Hendon Hooker gets all the credit, and he deserves it. Jalen Hyde, the receivers, but it's really the offensive line that's done a great job. You, you've not seen anybody pressure Hendon Hooker. Uh, you've not seen anybody just crash their mesh point. I thought Alabama might be able to do that. Thought maybe Kentucky might be. No, that is to me the tackle positions have been really good. Now, yes, the ball comes out quick, but um, they, you know, folks, they they don't they don't take those deep shots. They don't have an ability to throw deep if the protection doesn't hold up. The running game was is I think underrated. Now, again, they play against a a soft box because you know defenders are spread out so much. But I think that. Um, I think that was really, uh, really key. Uh, I thought the defensive front, uh, the defensive line played very, very well as a unit. Um, I thought the linebackers uh, stepped up big time. Uh, playing a team that that plays as much downhill stuff, I thought they did a very good job against it. And look, I want to give a little bit of uh, credit because they don't get it that the secondary played better in this game. Now, I will say Will Levis had an awful game. I mean, he threw some balls that I'm not quite sure where he was throwing it to, and I get it. This happens. This is a perfect example of what happens when you get behind in the game, you force. You got to try to make a play, you make a mistake. But that's a byproduct of, again, getting up on offense. So that's a lot of people. And, you know, um, it's a, it's not – I mean, I didn't answer your question specifically because I think that there were a number of guys that really did a good job and – wouldn't want to leave anybody out, but to me, that's that's kind of how I saw this. You don't you don't dominate a team like this unless you you play very well on all aspects. Chris, I thought there were times too on the Levis thing that he looked uncertain early, even before the score got flipped. And to me, that's Tim Banks. That's this defensive staff. And we talk about the stunts, the twists, the blitz packages that they have every week, but. Levis looked uncomfortable from the get, even before they got behind in the score. Yeah, you know, and listen, I think Kentucky's identity, even this year where they're more capable of throwing the football, is still the running game and a strong defense. And that, that's kind of what you – that's what they do. That's what they believe in. Just like Kentucky has their DNA and their approach, that's Kentucky's approach. Um, I, I think um, – you know, slaughter, um, you know, playing at safety, uh, uh, going from safety, sliding out to cornerback really helped. I think that they're, they've done some things in the secondary in terms of coverage looks, moving guys out uh, and giving some pre-snap looks that they drop off in the post-snap looks that cause some of the problems that you're referring to. Um, I mean, I even thought it was deep enough into the game where, you know, Kentucky's going in and look like they're going to score a touchdown and they're going to close the gap to seven points. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it makes a whole lot. I mean, it, it, it would have made a difference in terms of how Kentucky approached it. I don't know that it makes a difference in the, the outcome of the game. But you get the big hit. You get the Juwan Mitchell, you know, Johnny on the spot. And all of a sudden, 
that's where to me where the game was kind of out of hand. I mean, it wasn't technically, but that's when it just, in my mind, this is not going to go Kentucky's way. They needed to score there. They needed to get a really good defensive stand the next couple of series and get the ball back. And then, then it's back to an even game where they can play their game. But uh, to me, I thought uh, the defense played very well. And I thought I have said all along, I think that they've done a tremendous job with this defense. And again, how you define defenses, you know, people, I hear this a lot and it's annoying, quite frankly, people will say things like, and this is talking heads on TV will say things like, they have the 130th ranked Tennessee, 130th ranked pass defense. It's not true. It means that yards wise, they're giving up 130 out of 132. Oh, okay. That is the correct way to say it because it doesn't mean that they're the 130th ranked team because there's a lot of things that go into coverage and there are a lot of things that go into you know it's the pass rush it's the coverage and you can give up yards this defense is designed a little bit to okay we'll give up some plays but we're we're going to be a little bit more effective in the red zone and I think that the way if you want to know how to define defenses particularly with an offense like Tennessee has red zone efficiency in third downs getting off the field on third downs and forcing field goals instead of giving up touchdowns in the red zone. That's what you have to do. And then the other thing is turnovers. And we saw that in the red zone. So that's how you define it, not yards. And I think people still are stuck in that. And that's why I think they're quite frankly misinformed and often wrong about, you know, how effective a defense can be because this type of defense is going to give up a ton of yards this year, next year, five years from now, 10. I mean, it's just as long as they do this, this is how they're going to be. So you got to define it differently. It's still important. Defense is still important, guys, but how you define good defenses are different than it used to be. And it, they're different depending on your style of team that you play. Kentucky is a perfect example, completely different. Yards and, and how much to give up yards, that's more important. You know, if they give up a ton of yards at Kentucky defensively, that's a bigger problem than at, than at Tennessee because of the style that they play. Not, not bad either way, both very successful Kentucky's been more consistent in recent years and what have you, but still it's different styles. I think people overlook that sometimes. So I wanted to go into um, really the CJ Stroud versus Hendon Hooker kind of talk. Cause at the, at the moment, Hendon Hooker has taken over the Heisman. He's the Heisman front runner. Um, I watched CJ Stroud play against Penn state was not very impressed by him. Uh, how do you see I, – I feel like Ohio State's defense is really what won that game. But what is what are your thoughts? Because I know we talked about C.J. Stroud being so talented, and I said I don't think he is. But what are your thoughts now on oh, – I think C.J. Stroud is very talented. I think you always got to be careful on a given game and, you know, certain plays and what have you. Um, very, very talented. I think he's had a really good year. Um, didn't play as well this past week. They didn't run the football very well. Yet they were still able to me. I think it's they, they're a really a complete team. But CJ Stroud, I think is is very talented. He's got everything physically. I think he's got a lot of intangibles. I think he can run the ball uh, very effectively. I think the the thing again that we get down into statistics, right? And and that schemes 
while it's wide open and it spreads out, it's quite a bit different than Tennessee scheme. So um, I think it's fair to say, well, Hendon Hooker's got better stats and, you know, at doing what he's asked to do to run his offense is probably nobody that's done a better job at quarterback. It doesn't make him the most talented quarterback or the best quarterback in college football, but in terms of what he's asked to do, um, I think he's, you know, certainly been outstanding, but I think CJ Stroud's been good too, uh, better than he's been this week. The biggest thing is that they haven't played a tough schedule. And I think playing Penn state this week, um, not having as good of a game in that stage is a big part of it. Remember kind of when I talked about last week, you know, well, everybody says, well, Bo, Bo Nick stinks because when they watched him, he stopped, but then when they don't watch him and how much better he's gotten, I, I, I think when you look at the high level play as a college player and his pro potential, which is different than college, but I think CJ's pretty good. I think he's real good. Actually. Chris, Follow me down this rabbit hole for a second. So out of an average decade, how many years do you look at a team? And I would, even though they lost the game, I would think of Georgia last year being one of those teams. I would think of some of those Alabama teams being one of these teams that you say, that is the elite team. Things are going to have to break the other way for them not to win a championship. By the first week in November, how many times do you feel like you have a feel for who the elite team is? And then I got a follow-up on that, but let's start with that. I don't know. I have to go back and, and look at the past 10 years and figure out how did I feel. I'm off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I, I will say this, that I thought Georgia was the best team in the country last year. Right. Uh, and I thought they were the best team in the country all year long. Then the SEC championship game took place. Right. And um, they weren't. And they played better in the national championship game. And, and But it wasn't – it was very close. And we know that so often injuries have a tremendous impact on how a game could go. And it certainly was an impactful that Alabama had a couple, down a couple of great receivers. But, you know, that's the way it works. You know, I mean, it just – it happens. I thought that they were the best team and they ended up winning it, but there were points in times where I questioned, look, I can, I, I'll give you one. I'll give you one that, that jumps out at me. Um, what year was it? Uh, was it the, the 2003? Um, well, I'm trying, Adrian Peterson, Oklahoma. Right. And by this point, they look like the best team in the country and by, and, and it, and it slipped away from them a little bit. Um, and then it, it just, you know, they, they didn't win it. Um, so yeah, it, it happens sometimes. But I guess, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is, you you see more into the inside of a team than I do, and you also talk to a lot of coaches. Do you, do you see an elite team that you would bet a mortgage payment on this year? Yes. No. I don't either. No, in fact, in fact, one of the things that's kind of a um, a theme is that I thought at the beginning of the year that there would there'd be like a separation between, and I even said it, you know, any combination of Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and it's it's not that way now. Uh, and and and, I, and I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, not Clemson, but Ohio State, and and I don't I don't see it that way now. Um, I still think that um, 
those are three of the more prominent teams and likely a great chance to make the playoffs. But I, I don't see him as the dominant anymore. I really don't. I think that's one of the things when people will say things like, well, the, the schedule is not good. Well, there's only about five teams that unless you got those teams on your schedule, everybody's schedule can be poked at, you know, if you think about it. Uh, I mean, you know, there's good teams, but unless you've played – Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, I mean, everybody is you, – you, you don't know really until the end, to your point. Like like a lot of the comparisons of how good a team is. Compare this team to, you know uh, – oh, Tennessee. I got to ask this. Compare this team to LSU in 2019. Can't. LSU won the national championship. They finished. They won it all. Ask me when Tennessee if they win it all. I mean that that's the that's the difference. Well, I want to know now. Well, can't know now. They haven't they haven't done. They've got the the biggest games, the toughest tests are coming up. So you know, like LSU had to beat Alabama, then they they had to play really good defense in addition to a great offense, and beat explosive offenses like Oklahoma and Clemson, and so they finished the deal. Is Tennessee going to finish the deal? If they do, then I can. I can take apples to apples comparisons, kind of like comparing one book that I completely read versus another one that's halfway through. I, I like it, but I want to see the ending. I want to see the finish. So uh, I think that's difficult sometimes at this time, because sometimes I'll see a team that's like the LSU team. I thought they in 19, I thought they were pretty good. They, they were a lot better mid season than they were when they had to complete a key third down pass to beat, Texas in the first second game of the year. Uh, they got a lot better. So that's what's going to be interesting. How much better is Alabama going to be? Um, you know, uh, Georgia, it's a different matchup for Tennessee than Alabama. You know, so how do they handle that? And then then how do you handle, if, if Tennessee handles that, how do they handle the SEC championship game? We don't know. It's it's to me, you know, you, you can speculate, and I feel I have a good handle on these teams as, as good as anybody in terms of personnel and in terms of how they look on film, but I don't know how they're going to play out in the course of the game, uh, how clean of a game, how many mistakes. Um, you can judge that based upon the past, but how much better do you get? I mean, there's a lot of different factors. I don't think there's a great team, but I will say this. It's not going to – it's not going to be somebody out of nowhere that's going to win the championship. It's still one of the, it's still five or six teams that have a shot. Sure. But I don't think there's like, you know, I wouldn't say this is the team that you absolutely have to beat. And I think it's virtually, you know, less than maybe 30% chance that anybody could beat them. I don't see that type of team there. I think the closest, the most complete teams they're probably uh, Georgia and Ohio State based on personnel and what they can do against different styles. Uh, that's the other thing, too. Styles make fights. You know, like Michigan dominated Penn State. Well, because Michigan's a power, a downhill run team. Penn State doesn't match up well against that. They're an athletic team. Um, they're not as physical. Ohio State's more finesse. So Penn State matches up better with them. So, like, you know, uh, Amanda's good points, but with C.J. Stroud didn't do it, well, they've got a much better secondary, and they do a lot of things coverage-wise that maybe cause some problems. And so how does that – that's going to have an effect on how a player may look. Now, you've got to play 
you know, well in those games, but, but they had other ways in which to win. And that's the thing I look at is I don't know who's going to win games necessarily, but I have a feeling based upon who has the biggest toolbox. If the quarterback goes down, if they have a bad day offensively, who can win with their defense having to carry the day? Um, who can win with maybe great special teams? Who can win if they have to win a shootout? I mean, it, because sometimes when you get to the highest level, somebody can at least hurt your strength and make you play what we call left-handed with your weakness. And is your weakness good enough? It's, I, I, it's, it's like in sports. It's like when Tiger Woods said he can win with his B game. Jack Nicholas always said, I just, you know, I played to the middle of the fairway in the middle of the green and I let somebody else make mistakes. He was good enough to do that. I think who are the better teams that they don't have to play their best to necessarily win. That's kind of how I look at it. Cause that gives me a better feel. If they played 10 times who would win six or seven out of 10, or would it be a five, five split? Kind of like this, kind of like this where Amanda jumps in here. I, I heard a story about Bo Jackson who only putted when he played uh, golf with one hand. And somebody asked him, he said, why do you just putt with one hand? He goes, because I do it better than you do it with two. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Bo Jackson. Is that a great size? <laughs> Go ahead, Amanda. <clears throat> so speaking of Georgia, and obviously it's Tennessee versus Georgia this week. <clears throat> I watched Georgia versus Florida. I was not impressed by Georgia. I think Florida kind of beat themselves, especially when they were coming back and it looked like a shutout game. I mean, it looked like Georgia was dominating and then Florida came back. Can you give me your insight to that game and how Tennessee can capitalize on some of those mistakes that Georgia made? Well, it, it's really to me, not so much of what Tennessee can capitalize on what Florida did, because I do think um, having the game in control I thought they got a little sloppy, no question. And I thought Florida was playing it kind of close to the vest and had some opportunities. I think the biggest thing is, again, styles make fights. So, you know, Tennessee is a completely different team than Florida, completely different. What they run, how they run it, the tempo, how the schematically how they line up. So there's really nothing to take from that game to transfer to this game other than – you know, just um, it's going to be hyper-focused. Most people, I think that actually uh, kudos to Georgia and Tennessee for staying fairly focused, except for a little bit of Georgia, I thought, kind of like they did against Missouri. I think Georgia has at times, it's fair to say, what times they've kind of gone into a shell. The other thing that you got to factor into it, though, is Georgia is built differently and they play it differently. They're a line of scrimmage team. So when they get a lead, they're not sitting there trying to necessarily, they play very conservatively is what I'm trying to say. So they're not, you know, Tennessee is about want to score again and score again. And people equate that with, well, they're better because they score a bunch. With Tennessee, when they get a lead, uh, when Georgia gets a lead, they're more line of scrimmage. They're more game control. They want to work the clock. Sometimes if you don't finish in the red zone, with touchdowns, somebody can come back on you. So to me, there's really not a whole lot. What's going to be the key is can Georgia get pressure? Because no one's put pressure on Hendon Hooker. No one's had success rushing the quarterback. Can they do that? 
The other thing is, and I think this is pivotal, and it's I've looked at <clears throat> looked at it again, and um, uh, uh, late Friday night um, I went back and I studied the Tennessee Alabama game again, and I charted it again specifically for a reason. I won't, I won't get into all the reasons, but I wanted to look at again how Alabama played it. And one of the reasons is I know that Georgia is going to look at what didn't work and what did work um, for Alabama against Tennessee. The thing you've got to do against Tennessee, and and we saw this again, you know, um, it's called eye violations. I mean, what Tennessee does is they get you sucked in, they get the safety sucked in, and then you've got a free release guy and they do a great job because they'll run the football this Tennessee offense is very simplistic. It's very easy to understand. It's a it's an option offense. Okay, you're optioning differently. It's not the option like the 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 triple option that folks are considering with the option, but it's an option. It's simple. It's a half field read, and if the safety comes in, you throw it. If he backs off, you run it. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. And they do that very well. And they get you kind of biting. What I always say is, and this is why I went back and looked at, at, at what Alabama did and their biggest violations is I think against Tennessee, you've got to prevent the deep ball. You've got to keep your safeties deep and you have to say, we're going to rally to the football against the run. We're going to make them run. We're not going to give up the cheap scores because if we make them go eight plays, there's a chance that maybe Hooker will overthrow a ball or a ball will get tipped or we may be able to get pressure on them. But what you don't do, in my view, playing Tennessee, and this is how you study your team is study how somebody else would play you, is you don't give up the quick score if at all possible. You keep your safeties deep. You double up there. Their formation, they run the, the, the basically the same personnel groupings with a little different formation looks. Whether you pattern match, which Georgia does, um, like Alabama does, I, I, I'm curious to see if Georgia's going to play this better from a coverage standpoint. That's the key, that in the pass rush on that side of the ball. And then, you know, Georgia can Georgia can move the football multiple ways on offense. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then, you know, probably the, the overview again is, you know, another test, right, for Tennessee. Now you got to go and beat a really good team on the road. And, you know, so that's, there you go, another test. And that's another thing to, you know, you can use that inside your locker room. Well, the doubters are going to say, you know, not a lot of doubters. I think most people are really high on Tennessee. But you can use that against you. They don't believe in you. You, you know, you, you know you're, not, you're not Georgia. You didn't win the championship. But you, didn't, you use that for you because now, well, we haven't won on the road. Now, Handling your poise and doing all those things on the road is a little different than at home. Doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's a different challenge. Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Andy Mason Real Estate. Go to andymasonrealestate.com. Don't make a mistake that's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Andymasonrealestate.com has two business tenants, and those are to provide the best service at the best prices. How about that? AndyMasonRealEstate.com. It'll take care of you over 40 years of experience in the Knoxville area. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Tony Romo said something that caught my ear over the weekend because everybody is talking about Tennessee. 
He said that there will be four or five, I'm paraphrasing, there'll be four or five NFL teams that should go after or will go after uh, Josh Heupel. Let me ask you, just schematically, would Josh Heupel's offense be successful in the NFL? Well, it doesn't matter whether his it's not his offense. When you when you hire a coach, you don't hire him because of his offense or his scheme. You hire him for his brain, the ability because no no scheme works consistently in the in the NFL. No scheme works consistently in football because people will eventually adjust to what you're doing, and then you have to adjust to that and be creative. So you never want to hire a coach because he has a scheme. You know, um, I love him, but he's always going to be a ceiling regardless of where he coaches with a Mike Leach because he has one scheme and he doesn't adjust because he'd learn football one way from one guy, Hal Mummy in a small school in Iowa and division three school in Iowa. And, and he got, he's never played. He's never, he, and he's never been exposed to other things. Josh Apple has Josh Heupel. This is not, this is not Josh Heupel's offense. This is an, a, amalgamation of things that Josh has learned that has become his offense. In other words, when he was at Oklahoma, not as a player, but as a coach, he was fired because wasn't very good. And, and I talked to him about, talked to him about it. it. It's the best thing that ever happened to him because, and he'd get fired because he, he didn't, he couldn't take the offense to a different level. He got tied in with the, um, the Art Browse concept, the Jeff Levy, Kendall Browse, then Josh Hoppel became this temple. Josh didn't invent the temple, the fast temple, all this stuff that he runs. That's not Josh. That's Josh learning from other folks, which is what you do in coaching. And Josh taking it and all those wide splits, that's all Art Browse stuff, Baylor stuff. Go back and look at the tape there. That, so he's learned that, he's implemented that, and then he's put his own touch to it. So he absolutely would be a great guy in the NFL because – he can learn, he can adjust, he can scheme. That's what you want. You want to hire somebody that has ideas because the you want somebody in any business that has to evolve. In your business, the business you guys are in, you, you don't you want to have somebody that I mean, the technology changes, right? The 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 A little bit. so you know it's like you want somebody that's an expert on this. And nothing else. Well, then what happens as things evolve? Well, I don't know that. Well, then <laughs> that doesn't help you. You want somebody that can think outside the box and adjust and grow and have a dynamic to do it. It's one of the things, and I've known Jimbo Fisher for years and, and like him a lot, but, you know, he hasn't really evolved. And he's got a very complex system. And it's great when you can get all the guys with three years of experience in it and it hits. What happens in the two, three years leading up to that? You know, it's it's you've got you've got a got you got transfers coming in. One of the best at being able to see the game from a different is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, this offense that he runs, it's not his offense. And he was at USC as a young assistant. He was running a pro style offense, two right. backs. He's running, you know, was passing game. Centric at Alabama. Now it's run game centric tempo. It's so a lot of what Josh does is like any good coach. You learn, you study. That's the type of guys, Lane, Josh, 
that are that you want that can think and grow because they will take West Coast offense was that was the most successful offense, the Bill Walsh derivative. But as Bill Walsh's proteges took place, what Bill Walsh ran was caught up to. Yeah. Well, and then so everybody so now we're okay, we're not gonna use the fullback as much. We're gonna and then so you evolve it. And so the West Coast whether run a West Coast version, it doesn't look like it. It's like, well, the air raid, there's only two people that run an air raid, the pure air raid, Mike Leach and Graham Harrell. The rest of them, this is not air raid. This is a complete it's different. It's you know, it's well, Chris, let me ask you this. From mm-hmm. and you talked to a lot of coaches and and we'll then we'll let you get out of here. Um do you think that Josh Heupel, because nowadays the money is close to the same um, in college and the NFL. A lot of people back in the 80s and 90s want to go to the NFL because the money was better, and it was perceived as a better job. I don't <laughs> believe, personally, it's a better job just because you're in the NFL or college. I think they're equal. I think they're just different. The difference is, though, maybe there's a little bit more prestige being in the NFL, but you get to mold young men in college, which I think is something that Josh Heupel does care about from people I've talked to. So let me ask you this from the people you talk to, what are his motivations long-term in coaching? Can you give me any insight into that? Not really, because I haven't really gone down that path um, with him. It is very individual. Um, I think the whole molding of men is is a nice concept. I think that's getting less and less of an issue. I think that college football is becoming a turnoff to a lot of college coaches because of the NIL. Mm. You build something, you don't know what you did. So you have to, here's what you want. If you're college football, if you like recruiting, if you, um, you like having the complete control um, because you are the, head coach and GM of your football program. Um, the athletic director is kind of works for you to help you do that, but and, and can be a part of firing and what have you. But it, there's now the other thing that's a little bit challenging, depending upon the school and the structure, who do you really work for? Whereas in the NFL, you know, you're working for the owner and, you know, and, and, and that, but I think it depends upon, do you like recruiting? Do, do you like, if you like, the part of developing players and in, 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 in mentoring them, that's becoming less and less uh, appealing because many of them are leaving. So, you know, it, 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 it becomes frustrating for coaches. I, I think I mentioned to you about a year ago, the last off season, I did a lot of coaching search work. I had about 60% more college coaches asking me to help them get into the NFL than ever before. Wow. Assistant coaches, some head coaches, Jeremy because, because they well, you know that's that's because sorry, you know he's you know he's uh, he, he's he has no choice now. I actually he's doing the poker thing, I think. Um, but no, it's I think it's I think it's very individual. The money part, you're right. You can get big money. Um, you still got more money in the NFL, but yeah, I mean there's some places where you can make just as money in college. It just depends on what they want to do and what the market is. I, I will say this, that uh, Josh can send a thank you note to uh, Tony about that. Cause that's, that's what really happens. You get that stuff, yeah. you know, mentioned, I mean, the, the, 
I mean, it, that's the, the thing with that. Did, did you see that Hugh Freeze got a raise and a new contract at Liberty? Well, why did that happen? I was agent. You know who? The guy that represents most of them. $5 million a year. So it is okay on the surface. Well, so it makes it better for him to stay here at Liberty with us. But what it also does, it puts the bar that says Auburn, Okay, the asking price is probably seven five seven yeah. eight. You know, that's kind of where it is because it's unlike the NFL. When you sign a contract, you can't leave. You can't leave the Cowboys to go to the Eagles or vice versa. You know, in college football, you can sign a contract on Monday with Liberty, and then you can leave on Wednesday to go to Auburn or wherever. It is. So, I don't know. I don't have the answer to what Josh wants to do, but creative offensive minds or what is most appealing to NFL guys because all the rules that favor the offense. Now, to answer your question, his style, well, the tempo, the fast tempo won't work as good in the NFL because they don't allow it. You don't allow as much downfield blocking, but it's not relevant whether what he's doing at Tennessee is going to work in the NFL. He is smart enough to be able to modify what he does that will work. And there's some things that he does that are already being done. Watch the Philadelphia Eagles. You watch the Chiefs. Um, some of that stuff is being done just because it may not look the same, but it is a lot of the same concept. So, yeah, he's a bright guy that's got a good future, and I don't know what he wants. I don't know that he's – in long term for recruiting, or he, I, I have no idea. I really haven't because I haven't talked to him about it. I hope for Tennessee's sake that he's in there for the long haul, but uh, we don't know. No, we really don't. Uh, Chris, great stuff. LandryFootball.com. You will be smarter than all your friends if you go there. LandryFootball.com. So I know, I know we got to go. So what, what do you? Since we know I don't do the trick or treat thing, Amanda, Dave, what do y'all do with the Halloween? What, what's your Halloween? Uh, well, Amanda Amanda is actually dressed up as a Michigan State football player. She's dressed at Michigan State football. What, what are you doing? Punching somebody? What, what is that? I can't really see. Yeah. It's orange. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a jail costume. Oh, it's, it's actually a real one, but it is a jail costume. It's I didn't a, know. I just thought it was yeah. an orange shirt. No, wow. it's a. I'm I'm a Michigan oh. State player. I've jumped a, a Michigan player, and I'm going to jail. Wow, That's pretty good. Yeah. Dave. What, what's what's the? I'm dressed up as I'm I'm dressed up as an old radio hack, and um, you should I, put on a jersey and you could be Megan Rapino. Yeah, I get Megan Rapino. She's a soccer. She's a soccer player, right? Yeah, she is a soccer player. Uh, wait, wait, um, I, I, don't I got know. I got a oh I got one. Um, we went. To, I didn't dress up, but we went to a client's uh, Halloween party way after the game uh, on Saturday, and I got um, Christopher Walken. Someone said I look like Christopher Walken. Does anybody? Who the heck is that? Uh, Christopher Walken. He's uh, <laughs> for those that don't know. Chris knows nothing about pop culture for the last two hundred years. But <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Christopher Walken at all, Amanda? Um, if you do look like Christopher Walken, that's uh, unfortunate because he is one of the <laughs> ugliest people in this. I world. know. Yeah, I felt a little insulted. Chris, I would have too. Chris is googling Christopher Walken. Chris, great stuff, Landry. Okay. Um, Thanks a bunch. Y'all have a good time. Happy Halloween. Take care. Happy Halloween. Yeah, I was. 
I didn't think that was a compliment. No, it is not. Do I look like Christopher Walken? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Well, well, tell me. Do you think I do? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not good at this. More. I got. I got James Woods earlier on. I got Megan Rapinoe. So new today's tough question: Who does Dave look most like? We already did that once. Did we? Yes. So if you had to pick between the three, who do I look most like? I don't know. You look like Dave. I don't know. I don't know. Jamie said beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There you go. David said just a little. I don't look like Christopher Walken. Although this is going to be, this is, you're going to get a complex and we're going to talk about it for 10 minutes. No, we're not. No, we're not. We are. Okay. Uh, I always thought you looked like uh, Stephanie Seymour. Remember her? No. The model back because she was really popular. I was trying to pay you a compliment, but my compliments are so old that you don't even get them. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I appreciate yeah. it. If she was a she model, dated, I appreciate it. She dated Axel Rose uh, back yeah, in the day. That's... She was one of the, uh, she was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit girl, lady, person. Oh. Well, thank you. I, I have no idea who she is, but I appreciate it. I got, um, I get Aubrey Plaza a lot. I get. I could see Kaylee, that. Kaylee Cuoco, for some reason. I think it's my expressions. I have no idea. We don't look anything alike. But I get uh, actually Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is hilarious, by the way. And I just, I can, she can pop up on my YouTube feed. By the way, hit like, subscribe, and share if you're enjoying the show. We greatly appreciate that. But she can pop up on my YouTube notifications thing every once in a while. And it's the same joke I always see, but it makes me laugh every time. So she goes on the Conan show and Conan goes, hey, thanks for coming. You look great. We appreciate you stopping by. And she goes, yep. <laughs> That's what she says. And, and he's, like, try. he's like, I thought you would say a little more. And she goes, That's it. And I don't, I, she's one of those that I can't tell if she's trying to be funny or she's just naturally funny. Uh, nutrition. She, yes, go ahead. She's just dry. And that's what makes her so funny is that she's just like, this is what came in, came to my mind. So here you are. The end. Orange blood said Aubrey can pop up on uh, anything. All right. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so on this Halloween, you're going to go out there and trick or treat, right? Well, you sometimes don't know what you're getting but you always know what you're getting at nutrition world so you don't have to worry about any of their supplements being shady or not coming from the best people because other people like that acronym vitamin store they do that Uh, with nutrition world you don't have to worry about that nutrition world is one of the absolute best when it comes to an e-commerce store and providing the high quality nutrition supplements that you need so they are very easy to find you just go to their website go on their e-commerce page and it's nutritionw.com nutritionw.com check them out you'll love it two minutes we'll be back message board bingo stuff to give away and this day in tennessee sports history thank you Brittany.
It's Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This day in sports history, putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. This day in sports history brought to you by Pedigo Chattanooga, locally owned store where you'll be treated like family. Do not make the mistake of going online and just buying an e-bike because you're going to get one with a lesser battery. You're going to get one that you can't get serviced, and it's just not good all around. Pedigo Chattanooga, America's number one electric bike retailer, but they're locally owned, and I know you'll be taken care of at Pedigo of uh, Chattanooga. So this day in sports history is this, Amanda, and I think it's a pretty darn good one. Thank you, Brittany, for assembling this list. We certainly appreciate it. But this day in sports history, on October the 31st, 2015, Tennessee defeats Kentucky 52-21. to Josh Dobbs was 16 of 26 for two touchdowns and an interception. Alvin Kamara was uh, four carries, 70 yards, 15-yard punt return. And wide receiver Josh Malone, four receivers, 103 yards. Eric Berry had a 100-yard kick return for a touchdown. Darren Kirkland Jr., I remember him, one interception for 26 yards. Cam Sutton, an 84-yard punt return. Uh, Love me some Cam Sutton, by the way. Uh, Leaving a game one time late after I was done riding, and uh, it was one of the rare games where my family went with me and sat in the stands. And uh, they were walking out, and, 
they barely avoided an upset against a lesser foe. Maybe somebody on the chat board can help me with that. And he had an interception late. And so we're leaving the game about the same time the players leaving or leaving the game, which really didn't happen a lot. But my son, uh, Trammell, said, hey, can we talk to him? I was like, uh, sure. And, you know, he's like eight at the time. He said, hey, can we get a uh, autograph? I said, well, you can. I mean, I'm not going to go run him down. It wouldn't be professional on my part. So he did. And you could tell, though, that Cam was concerned about the direction of the program because they almost let one slip through his fingers. But I got a picture that I like to call Tram with Cam. So that was cute. Do you want me to send you a copy of that picture? Amanda, you don't want me to send you a copy of that picture, or have you gone dark on me? I'm sorry, I I froze. <laughs> you froze like me the other day. All right, and, oh, and by the way, this was uh, would have been well, it still is John Candy's birthday. Funny that he was born on Halloween, isn't it? John Candy. No longer with us. He would have been 73 years old today. And I think it was the old 76er that got him in the movie where he ate the 76 ounce steak. Um, that wasn't actually it, but that is a good mm. thing. Didn't and, he die of a heart attack though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was, he's not in the best of shape. Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban uh, was uh, his birthday's on Halloween, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure. Let me double check that. So Nick Saban, I believe, is 72 today. I thought it was 74. Uh, born 71, actually. Oh, he's 70. Really? Yeah. Uh, October. Wow. No, he, yeah, October 31st, 1951. He was born in Fairmont, West Virginia. And so Nick Saban's birthday. How much longer does he go? He's such a young 71 that you know we've talked a lot about him possibly hanging it up, but. This guy's 71 and and has the fire and look of him of what a guy in his late 50s. Amanda, he doesn't look yeah. or feel like so. If I told if I just pointed that guy out or he walked into a room, you'd say two things. You'd say he's in his 50s and he's about five foot eight. His 50s and probably five foot like three. <laughs> Is he that short? He's very small. He's a very small man. Yes. Well, he shows up big. There's no question about that. All right. So here is what we're doing. We know a lot of people took pictures over the weekend. So of your pet and thanks to craft treats. If you want to send me a picture of your pet, um, here is my email. Uh, it's David Send me a picture of your pet and we'll pick one at random that will win a gift certificate to craft treats. As a matter of fact, we'll pick three. So three different tiers and craft treats is uh, phenomenal. They bring you each and every day message board bingo. And the thing that you need to know about craft treats is you don't have to worry about uh, going to a store and perhaps getting something that's not good for your pet with craft treats. They can take care of you. Don't forget you save 20% at checkout with the exclusive code off the hook. They've got the chill pills which are fantastic uh, for my pet and its arthritis issues. Had its first day last week where it couldn't make it up on the bed, Amanda. Did you give it its chill pill? Uh, it, yep, but age, you know, age forgets no one, not even dogs. And it's, it's had its chill pill. It's just a big jump. It's a high bed. 
and um, get a ramp. I don't know why. Just make okay. it easier on him. I'm getting to that point. Uh, but we are we are um, we gave it we gave him six chances before the missus finally picked him up. Wow. Is that a lot? Yes. I think you need to work hard for things in life. Well, the chill pills will work for your pet. He lives with you. He's working hard already. <laughs> like, leave him alone. He's like, I think Pick him up. He's like, the only thing that smells worse in this house than me is you. Is probably what he's thinking. All right. So the chill pills will help with anxiety. They'll help with arthritis. They'll help with digestive issues. And they bring you message board bingo. So here's the way it works. Again, but send us those pictures to davidoffthooksports.com. But the way it works is super cool because what we're going to do is we are going, Amanda is going to read from a message board. And if you could tell us what team this message board post was posted on, then you're going to win. How about a gift certificate to craft treats that you can use for the chill pills or anything else? It's pretty awesome. Message board bingo is now. We're about to drop five in a row from seven and zero to the pool on weed eater bowl. Five in a okay, so so they've gone seven and zero, so they're what seven and two now? Does that sound right? No, they said from seven and zero to the pool on weed eater bowl. They're about to drop five in a row. Okay, who would that be? Who would that be? I have no idea. Can we get a hint? Uh, Jalen Hyatt's hair says Texas A and M. It's an old. Uh, it's a. Never mind. It's old Miss. It's old Miss. <laughs> it's old Miss. It's old Miss. You just gave away your bit. I did. <laughs> it happens. All right, let's try it again. Message board bingo. We have one more opportunity for you, and it begins now. Alcohol no longer works. Head to Walmart to buy a case of air dusters. What are air dusters supposed to do? Um, people huff them, apparently. <laughs> Sounds unsafe. I think you're better I don't off. Know. I think you're I better know. off eating the chill pills for your dog. Yeah, I don't know. I've never huffed an air duster. I don't know what that does. Have you ever huffed anything? No, I've never huffed anything. Did I've never really huffed anything. I've never like put anything up my nose. I no. Did you eat a lot of paint chips as a kid? No, I did not. Okay, what if anybody can give me that reference? In addition to message board bingo, I'll hook you up with craft treats. That is from a movie. Did you eat a lot of paint chips as a kid? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> you're going to smile. All right, Amanda. I'm so dying inside. You're <laughs> so what is it? Tommy boy, Jalen Hyatt's hair got it. All right, Tommy boy. So email me and I will. I don't know if you have a pet or not, but I'll hook you up with something. Um, there we go. There's my email. All right. So read that one one more time and then we'll get rolled. Alcohol no longer works. Headed to Walmart to buy a case of air dusters. 
I think you have to be 18 to buy them now or something. Do you really? Yeah, I think you have to be. And I don't think they'll, it's like Sudafed. I don't think they'll sell you more than like one at a time or something. I got caught up in that whole Sudafed thing when people were using that for what, like crystal meth or they were cooking it with something. I don't even know what they were using it with, but I, I went, I, I went, I said, I need to get some Sudafed. And they said, what for? And I said, my wife. And I didn't know that it was a thing. And I said, my wife. And they said, what are her symptoms? It's like, dude, I don't know, man. She just texted me and said that's what she needed. And I had to go call my wife to find out what her symptoms were because they wouldn't sell them to me. So that like you could not just Google that. Like what Sudafed does. <laughs> I mean, I probably could have. But all right. So we got a lot of Kentucky guesses. Is it Kentucky? No, it is not. Is it an SEC school? It is. Okay. The worst, worst SEC school right now. The worst one. The one that's just like absolutely miserable. Mm, Jamie says I'm on a watch list for Sudafed. Um. Okay. I worst. Wor I mean, the worst team in the SEC is Vanderbilt, right? Auburn. It is Auburn. Hey, Auburn. Was, oh, okay, okay. They're all starting to flood in now. I don't know why if there was a lag or something. So I'm going to try to get who was first. I think uh, Jamie was first. Be sure and hit like, subscribe, and share. We're with you each and every weekday morning at 830. So, Jamie, will you email me, and I'll hook you up with either something from, uh, how about Owl's Nest Barbecue, Craft Treats, or we can hook you up with a hooker T-shirt as well, which is all the rage amongst the kids and uh so tomorrow on the program we're looking forward to looking back on what josh heupel has to say and uh, what some of the balls have to say uh concerning ooh, georgia which is i don't know the biggest game in the world biggest game for tennessee since 2001 right i thought alabama was the biggest game since 2001 well now, I mean, since they won that, if they had lost that, I would have said that was the biggest game. I would have used that as my precursor. But when you win it, so you, you just forward. keep <laughs> getting bigger games. Keep coin bigger. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say Missouri or Vanderbilt is the biggest game, but this one because it's one versus two is pretty phenomenal. By the way, they just need to make the tiebreaker the first place votes in the AP poll. Tennessee has more first place votes than Ohio State. Just make that the tiebreaker. What does it matter? Who cares what you're ranked at this very moment? Because the thing is, right now, it doesn't matter. It's only going to matter at the end, and you're going to play. Someone's going to drop, like Michigan, Ohio State. It does not matter if they're ranked three and four or whatever. They have to play each other, so somebody's going to drop out. It doesn't matter if Georgia's one and Tennessee's two, or Tennessee's one and Georgia's two. Does not matter. If if it, it were if it were me, I would want to be number two instead of number one. Number two always has that motivation to beat number one. Number one just has to sit there. I just wouldn't have a tie. I don't like the ties. So I, I I would I would any tie would be determined by first place votes. So Tennessee would be two and Ohio State would be three. Yeah, I just wouldn't get caught I'm, up on it. I'm not losing sleep. Don't get me wrong. 
But it is uh, finally November, almost, says Kevin the Bacon, and either Amanda or I will be jumping in Norris Lake, depending on the outcome of the Georgia-Tennessee game. We don't really have to do it in the orange overalls, do we? Yeah, that's see, this is you. You are the one I fought did this. I had that? Did yeah. I have that? You did. Somebody asked you to jump in in a Speedo. And I said, I bet you he will. And you said, no, I'll jump in in the orange and white checkered board overalls. And I said, go for it. All right. <clears throat> go to our YouTube channel. You can check out Cooper Mays. You can check out Jacob Horn. And here shortly, you'll be able to check out Chris Landry as well. We'll get his breakdown of Tennessee's win over Kentucky and looking forward to Georgia. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, and I just got an email. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you. Did you hear that? Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you at 8.30 each weekday. That's Eastern time for those of you in Guam. Apologize to Peyton Manning. Didn't have time to get him on the program today. We'll try for tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.